Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's Football Digest Extra Time, where we look back at the the biggest and the best games of the weekend, really. But I'm not sure I can say that this week we're looking at the best game of the weekend. But it was certainly the biggest. It was certainly the the most talked about. And I'm sure the debate will rage well on into the week. Of course, I'm talking about Sunday stalemate at Anfield between Liverpool and Manchester United, which yet again failed to live up to the hype that's always built around it. I'm Chris McKenna, Daily Star football writer, and I'm glad to be joined this week by uh, the Liverpool Echoes, Liverpool correspondent, Mr. Paul Ghost. Paul, welcome. Um, have you calmed down from yesterday's thrilling game? It can be hard to, to <laughs> unwind after a, a thrilling game like that. Yeah, it takes some time when the, the games are exciting and there's stuff to get your teeth stuck into, but there wasn't a whole lot to, to do there yesterday. A very cold Anfield, was there? Um, an interesting game. I mean, I know a lot of kind of neutrals came away from it, but moment and that it wasn't a, a classic or a you know a, a game to remember from the two biggest clubs in, in England. Let's not forget that um, for all of Manchester City's growth and Chelsea and whoever else, these two are still still the giants, aren't they, of English football? And sometimes, more often than not, actually the games don't quite live up to the to the build up, which is uh, probably hard to do um, given the the amount of you know hyperbole that goes into it, but. Um, I didn't actually think it was that bad a game as, as, as some tried to make out. It wasn't, wasn't great, but um, I thought both teams were, were trying to win it in their own way. Uh, Manchester United had the, the, the better of the chances, particularly in the second half when Alisson was called into action uh, to save Fernandes and, and then Pogba. Um, Liverpool, a lot of huffing and puffing, a lot of kind of decent approach play up until the edge of the penalty area and then um, more often than not a team to fall away, which is symptomatic of, of how it's been for the last last three three weeks, three weeks or so, last month. So, um, no classic by any stretch, but um, something maybe for the pool to build on going forward. Yeah, I, th- I think what played into the kind of flat feeling afterwards, after the game, was the fact that the draw was just kind of nothing really for either side. It just felt, didn't feel like a great result for either, but then it didn't feel like disastrous either because... Okay, United didn't open up a six-point gap in Liverpool, but they they still would stay top last night. And Liverpool, okay, they didn't go back top, they didn't regain control, but again, they didn't let United open up a six-point gap on them. So it was kind of nothing. I mean, I think the big the big winners were obviously Manchester City now, who can who can now go top of the league if they win the game in hand. So I'm sure uh, after the game at Palace, if they didn't know beforehand, I'm sure they were delighted to to see that nil nil scoreline I mean we will look into both teams kind of performances but we'll 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 kick off with Liverpool um it's amazing isn't it I think it's is that 16 years first time in 16 years I think that they've gone three league games without scoring a goal it's quite remarkable when we when 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 Virgil van Dijk get injured and Joe Gomez not long after and 
we all thought it'd be the other end would be the big problem and we'd be seeing lots of five fours and four threes and stuff like that from Liverpool. But it's a strange, strange kind of spell they're in at the minute, isn't it? It is. When when you think of, of Van Dijk and, and Gomez played in that game at Aston Villa when Liverpool conceded seven and um I think uh, certainly Van Dijk was playing when, when they played Leeds and, and they conceded three. Um, Liverpool, on the face of it, the, uh, the the issues haven't been at the back, have they? Considering mm. Henderson and Fabinho in particular, who I have to say has just been a, a revelation at centre-back. Um, he, he's kind of almost made that a, a bit of a non-issue, if you like, but it's, it's more the, the impact it has on the overall team's balance, I think. I think, obviously, playing Fabinho out of... His natural position is um, is bad enough, but then when you move Henderson further back, just takes out that drive from the midfield, that energy, the ability to kind of get Liverpool up the pitch with with um, you know the, the qualities that Henderson has. So I think that has just had a, a massive knock-on effect, and and that is why Liverpool are one of the reasons why they're a little bit um, short of, of sharpness in front of goal. Um, Roberto Firmino for me was was well off the boil yesterday. He um, looked like he turned a massive corner in in December when he scored the winner against Tottenham and then took a classy double against Palace. But since then, he's kind of gone backwards and at times he was looking a bit scared to shoot and then when he did, he, he, he went, you know, fired with any kind of conviction and ultimately it, it was fairly easy for, for Manchester United. I thought Luke Shaw was, was one of the game's outstanding players and a Wan-Bissaka. doesn't give you what Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is kind of Liverpool counterpart, gives you going forward. But I thought defensively, he was very solid um, and um, kept Mane quiet for large spells. And Harry Maguire and Lindelof were, were content to, to sit in the six-yard box and get blocks in and get interceptions in. And it was all fairly easy for, for Manchester United. Uh, Liverpool, as I say, created to a certain point, but United uh, stood up to it. And they'll be delighted. Um, you know, Liverpool need United to drop points and, and they're running out of games for United to do it. OK, we've still got the second half of the season to come, but... Um, you know, going off that first half, we, you know, the, the evidence is there that United can um, grind out wins and, and pull three points out of the bag when they're not at the best. And, and Liverpool needed to make full use of yesterday's game. So uh, United will definitely be the happier of the two. Yeah, it's a funny one with Liverpool. It's like they're missing Diogo Yota a lot, aren't they? Because even though he was kind of a surprise signing back in the summer and one of the things going into the summer, nobody would have said, well, Liverpool needed Diogo Yota. But with, he, to me, he seemed to bring something different to that at Liverpool attack that maybe teams that have not figured them out because I think it's very hard to figure out that from three. If they are firing, I still think they're one of the best attacks in Europe. But Yotta was a bit of an anomaly. Nobody knew how he fitted into that Liverpool front three, so they were very hard to defend against when he was playing. And It's kind of since he's got injured, and maybe that's taken a bit of pressure off Firmino that his place was... I wouldn't say maybe under threat, but there were certainly questions being asked. Maybe, maybe now Yotta could could come into that front three and take his place if Firmino doesn't step up, and he hasn't got that at the minute. Which maybe, maybe that's kind of taking the pressure off him, and he's a bit more relaxed. But he, he certainly, I think, there's going to be questions asked now going forward over the next few weeks to see if, if he adds some more goals. But there's a good point, like where you make with the midfield, because yeah. Like Fabino and Henderson yesterday, for most of the game until the kind of those late chances for United looked like they looked like a, a long term centre half partnership, didn't they? But you miss like what they kind of take out of the midfield, though, don't you? Because 
Thiago was brilliant at times yesterday. In the first half, he, he, I thought some of the passing was outrageous, amazing. But you kind of feel, I think he needs a Henderson or a, or a Fabinho beside him just to kind of let the reins a bit more loose on him so we can kind of get involved more in the attack and play. Do you think Liverpool are missing that with, with him in the midfield? That Shakiri, as good as he was in, in the first half, maybe doesn't give Thiago that kind of protection defensively? Yeah, 100% agree. I think it was a little bit of a of a left field formation from from Jurgen Klopp, particularly playing in Shakiri in that in that role and and the kind of almost like a the most advanced midfielder with, with not much um, not much importance given to tracking back and, and getting your, your tackles and your interceptions and closing off spaces. He was very much entrusted to go on and, and play his natural game, and and I think. I think that was a huge, the fact that he started was a massive kind of signpost from Jurgen Klopp that he knows that Liverpool are struggling for creativity because that was actually Shaqiri's first start since December 2019 and, and his first Premier League start of the season. So that to me was just a massive, I know that we're not creating as much and I need to do something, anything to try and rectify that. And um, in, a, in a normal kind of, you know, if everyone's fit and fire and then Diogo Jota would be the one to kind of come in into that and I completely agree with your points on, on Firmino. I think kind of um, his comfort from knowing that Jota's going to be out for the next few weeks has kind of bred a bit of complacency because the Vakarigi's not cutting the mustard at the moment and Takumi Minamino, although he scored the Palace, has kind of um, not really shown too much. It has to be said that over, over the year that he's been at the club. Um, but on the point of, of the defence, you'd be hard pushed to kind of criticise Henderson and Fabinho in particular for their performances, but they're not defenders, are they? They're not centre-backs. I do think they haven't eaten one of... I mean, let's face it, the, the two-thirds of Liverpool's best midfield, I think most people would argue that, you know, maybe Wijnaldum um, and those two, or Thiago and those two are Liverpool's best midfield three. So having those two out of position doesn't help. doesn't help anyone. It certainly didn't help at Southampton. And although I thought Thiago was, was excellent yesterday with some of his passing, as you say, um, I think if, if he did have a little bit more solidity next to him in a Fabinho and or a Henderson, I think it really would free him up to go and just pick his passes a little bit more and, and um, you know, not be scared to try things that don't come off. Um, there, there was a couple of passes he played yesterday where he can either play it backwards, he can try to play it to the side or play it maybe a little bit further forward going wide. And he doesn't use any option. He, he wraps it through the middle and, and breaks the lines and breaks up play and puts United on the back foot. And it's just going to be so um, so interesting and exciting to see kind of how he, he develops over the next few weeks and months and years at Liverpool. Because for me, it, he's probably the most high-profile signing Liverpool have, have, have made in the Premier League. Either. You know, a two-time Champions League winner who's only ever played for Bayern Munich and Barcelona coming at the age that he has, you know, still in his 20s, the absolute peak of his career, the last game he played in was the Champions League final and it's just going to be so um, so good to, to, to watch him develop over, over the next few years. Definitely, definitely. Obviously, on this centre-back issue, I've seen in the piece you wrote that you kind of make the point that maybe now that FSG maybe have to look at the finances and obviously we know it's difficult. Jurgen Klopp spoke about it the other week in his press conference about the COVID and the restriction that puts all the football clubs under, but it's to go out maybe and look at, see if they can bring in a centre-back to at least release Henderson or Fabinho back into that midfield. I mean, how difficult do you think that might be, though, to do that, to bring in that centre-back? Well, we were in the in the press comments, weren't we, on, on that Friday when, you, when Jürgen Klopp said that, and I think that 
that was the first time he kind of pulled the curtain back quite a lot and, and said, look, we, we don't have the money. This was a normal season and normal circumstances, then we'd definitely be looking to do something, but we can't because of the finances. And um, I, I get that issue with Liverpool pretty much losing out on £3 million every home game from the fact that there are no fans there. And um, it's, been, it's been nearly a year now since, since they played in front of, of any real, you know, Groundswell of support. Obviously, it's nice to have the two thousand fans back across December, but they're not going to be um, paying into the club huge amounts of money that, that can help in the transfer market. So I think Liverpool really must be um, in a struggling situation for Klopp to have, have opened up as, as much as he did a week or so ago. Um, but on the flip side, I kind of wonder um, how how you know. Surely there has to be a solution that Liverpool can can come to in the next couple of weeks. Are they really that hard up that they can't afford to bring in an experienced, dependable centre back? It doesn't have to be a you know 40, 50 million superstar sign. And I think Liverpool fans are just looking for someone who's just going to come in to to, to play. And, you know, I always think I always make the, the example of Ragnar Klavan. He he was you know you know for, to be able to sign someone like him now would be ideal for Liverpool. Um, surely there has to be someone out there, although admittedly funds are stretched and finances are tight, but so much rests on Liverpool's ability to bring in a centre-back and, and in a lot of ways it, the ship is starting to sail. You know, Liverpool haven't won in the last four games and um, okay, you can't really point directly at either centre-back to say that wouldn't have happened if player A was in there instead of Jordan Henderson, but just as such, such a, a knock-on effect as we say and um, I think um, Club owner, the club owners FSG, whilst uh, very prudent and sensible in, in the kind of management of the club over the last 10, 10, 11 years, I think this is a time when you've got to kind of free up the pair strings and, and bring someone in because, as I say, it could be the difference between Liverpool retaining this title or letting it slip by them. And, and it'd be such a shame to see it kind of fall by the wayside because it, 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 it was there for the taking and, and, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, it, it could still be. Yeah, definitely. As I say, I don't think you're going to see it an Upper Meccano or a cooler boy come in, but as you say, there's got to be maybe somebody there who can who can steady the ship a bit and and give uh, probably Henderson that midfield role back with, and uh, and then maybe use the the Phillips or, or Williams in, in those maybe less high profile games when when Klopp thinks they're up for it. But it's going to be interesting for them. Looking at Manchester United, uh, we touched on it earlier. Um, it was a it was a funny kind of performance, I thought, from them. It, it felt like a big audition that this was the chance to really prove the the proper title contenders, and they kind of didn't prove it or didn't disprove it. They kind of just stayed where they were, and it was a bit funny. I thought it was Muhammad Ali's birthday um, on Sunday, and it, it was a bit of a rope a dope tactic. <laughs> Seem to sit back for for the first half and see what Liverpool had and let, let them try and punch themselves out. But then they didn't really have the pop themselves late on, apart from those two chances. I mean, what did you make of United's performance yourself, Paul? Yeah, well, anyone who knows you, Chris, knows you, you love your <laughs> boxing, so it's great to get that. Well, I wrote on, on, on Friday before the game that this wouldn't, um, wouldn't offer any great kind of insight into how... Uh, equip Liverpool off for this title race, but it would be a massive point as to how United can handle it. And um, in a in a strange way, it, it, it it's kind of come back with a, a disproven theory, but we're still not none the wiser, are we? I think United have um, you know they were well beaten against um, against Tottenham earlier in the season. They were 
beating at home with Crystal Palace. Arsenal beat them at home. But on the road, they're absolutely fantastic. And, and they're unbeaten now in 16 games, which stretches back over a year. By the time they, they play the next away game, it will be over a year since that 2-0 defeat at Anfield. And um, I almost feel, in a way, the, the lack of fans is, is having a good you know, a good effect on, on United because I think Solskjaer um, doesn't feel that he has to, you know, he's not emboldened to go and try and win every single game. He knows that when they have to be cute and clever and, and sit in and, and defend and, you know, defend doggedly, that, that he, he does have the players to do that. But the likes of McTominay and Fred as, as the screeners and then you, you back forward, but all very good defenders, aren't they? Um, you know, Lindelof, Maguire, most expensive defender in the world, of course, Luke Shaw and, and Adam Wambasaka. So I think that as a six is very solid and it's very durable and hard to break down. And it's ideal to go to places like, like the Etihad and, and to Anfield and um, come away without a defeat. So um, I, I think United might fall away when you have to be a little bit more expansive in, in certain games this season and, and they, they could get caught. We've seen it you know, against Crystal Palace back in was it September. Yeah. When, when they do try to do that, they are susceptible to, to pacey players on the break. So I think um, if United are to kind of show over the next few weeks and months that they are serious challenges, I think um, they need to um, almost just just win those games. I mean, I've seen them against Aston Villa and, and Villa played really well and created so many opportunities, but it was United who came away with the three points and, and that is, as the cliche goes, the hallmark of champions, isn't it? So um, I don't think we can make any great statements one way or the other after yesterday for United's chances, but um, Solskjaer said that, um, you know, and Luke Shaw said that actually that they come away from the game a bit disappointed that they haven't won it, which I think... Um, could be playing to the gallery a little bit. I think I think inside the dressing room, they would have been delighted that they've come to Anfield. You know, Liverpool haven't been beaten in 67 games in Anfield nearly four years and, and they've got a point and they've still got that three-point buffer in between them. So I think um, United will have been delighted with yesterday's results. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, the disappointing thing, it seemed a bit forced from Solskjaer afterwards, but yeah, I'm just not sure how... It's kind of maybe a sign of where United are, even in a weird way that although they're top of the league, that they're still not, obviously, they're still away from the United of old, that the United of old would have come away from that Anfield game, I mean, and gone, we should have won that. That's a chance blown there, even though it's never easy to go to Anfield, even when Liverpool weren't at the best in the 90s and stuff. It was never an easy game for, for United, but just feels like it, it, it feels felt like an opportunity missed. That was a Liverpool side maybe there for the taking a bit and they, they didn't really push forward. And I think, what did you make of Bruno Fernandes' performance? I, I thought that was a game where you would expect him to to really light it up. But especially with Liverpool lacking in midfield a bit with, with, with Henderson Fabinho in the back, I thought there might be a lot of space there for him um, in between the defence and the attack. But he didn't seem to really get going until he had that chance late in the game. Yeah, I was just about to say that. He didn't really get going, did he? I mean, one or two passes. His passing range is fantastic, isn't it? And, and he can play those those passes either side all day. And, and in the first half, he, he tried to get on the ball a bit, but it was difficult for United to really break and get out. And um, he, he didn't really do too much. He come close with the free kick in the first half and, and was unlucky. Great save from Alisson with his heel. But other than that, I, I thought he was very much on, on the periphery and... Um, Sometimes you have you have to accept that with players like that. You know that he can change games in an instant with a moment of quality. And um, on another day, he could have been a difference maker. He could have been the match winner, couldn't he? So 
Um, it, it wasn't as wasn't his best performance, not not the greatest display they've seen him put in since he's been at United this past twelve months. But um, United have got a, a top quality player in there, and I almost liken him to the impact that Luis Suarez had at Liverpool ten years ago. You know, come in mid-season to a team who were kind of just middling around. You know, could could have been doing a lot better than they were, and he just seems to galvanise them with with his quality and, and his ability to. To um, you know, be, be be the difference maker, and and I think um, he will he will continue to do that. You know, he, he obviously scores quite a lot of penalties, but he, his overall play, you know, he, he if he gets a sighted on goal from 20, 30 yards, he will always more often than not he will be on target, and it's just that makes such a difference to teams. You know, it sees teams drop off and they're a little bit worried once he's on the half turn, knowing that he can shoot, and um, he, he's a top quality player. I don't think there's, there's any question of that. Another one who was nearly the match winner was Pogba. His kind of selection on, on the right side seemed a bit strange. It seemed like maybe that Solskjaer knew he had to play him after his performance against Burnley, but he didn't seem to fit into his tactics. But again, as the game progressed, he, he kind of really came into it and he nearly won the game in the end for United. Yeah, in the first half, he, he was obviously stationed on the right, as you say. And I wasn't sure whether he was meant to be on the right of a midfield three or whether he was meant to be on the right wing a little bit further forward and Andy Robertson was just in acres and acres all the time and mm. if Firmino uses Robertson rather than shoot wide in the first half that's a massive opportunity for Liverpool and I, I just felt that Robertson was, was just finding acres of space because Pogba was so reluctant to, to to follow that run or he was coming in field and Robertson was going up the flank and it was a, a strange one wasn't it? I do think that I do agree with you there about I think Pogba was he played so well against Burnley on Tuesday that Solskjaer probably looked at it and thought, there's no way that I can leave him out, but where they were fit him in. So let's just stick him on the right and see how it goes. And didn't really work. Um, but still, you know, because of the quality that he's got, he could quite easily have been the match winner. Again, Alisson with another big save. So, um, you know, from a Manchester United perspective, I wouldn't particularly want to be looking at him. Paul Parker, that is, playing in that position you know, every week because I don't think it's, um, it, it's suiting them too much. Do you think they'll be there come there in, in May? Do you think they'll be in the title race or do you think they'll fall away? I, th- I, th- I think if you finish above Manchester City, I think you win the league. And, and up until fairly recently, I, I was saying that, you know, this is still Liverpool's title to lose. And three points from, from the last 12 games suggest that, that that could be the case. You know, um, I, I, I still think Liverpool and United, sorry, Liverpool and City are, are the um, are the top dogs in this league, and, and United are just a, a little bit further back. And then you know it's uh, it's maybe Tottenham, um, Chelsea, and Arsenal kind of struggling to put together any prolonged run. So um, for me, it's it's still Liverpool and, and City and um, United um, a little bit little bit to go before the uh, they're probably going to be up there in May. Just finally, it was a good point made to Jurgen Klopp in the press conference afterwards that how tight it is and. In- I think it's five points of separating sixth and top spot. I mean, after the last couple of years where Liverpool and City were miles ahead of everybody, it's quite amazing. And he kind of said, well, it might be a battle to, to finish in the top four. I mean, what did you make of that? It was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. But when you look at it, Liverpool started started last week, last Monday. If we'd have done this podcast last Monday, Liverpool would, be, would have been Premier League leaders and now the fourth. So it just shows you that it can all change so quickly, can't it? And I, I don't think you can make too too um, many grandiose statements over what's going to happen at the end of the season because of, of the nature of 
of this particular season. I think this week's huge. You know, City and United play on on Wednesday, is it? And then Liverpool yeah. against Burnley on Thursday. So, you know, if we were to do this next week, we could be looking at it completely different. And Leicester, uh, I, I think Leicester are a great side with a top manager in Brendan Rodgers and Tottenham. Yesterday, I thought, okay, they, they were playing, you know, struggling Sheffield United, but um, that, that, that's a big three points for them after the, the month or so that they've had. So it's too difficult to call, isn't it? Um, it really is. And, and um, I suppose as a neutral for the first time in a good couple of years, you're looking at it with with more than just one or two potential winners. Another big week in the Premier League. And then we get to see it all over again in the FA Cup, Manchester United against <laughs> Liverpool which I'm sure the guys on Thursday will discuss in our, our main show, which um, make sure you tune into that. But uh, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks very much, Paul, for joining us. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens this week.